What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Burnout Brighter podcast. My name's Matt. I'll be your host for this evening's events. This is episode 94. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Destiny. Hey, hey, hey. And today, we have a very, very special guest, the Onsen Master himself, coming to us to talk to all about his games, the E3, and everything that's going on. One of the kindest people and one of the one of the wholesome direct members, Mr. Waking Oni, Derek Fields, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, yes, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so stoked we got to have you on. Uh, it was actually during the Black Voices in Gaming event. Uh, we were watching and, and kind of doing a post show to that. And as soon as you came on, there was something about you that we were both like, we need to talk to him ASAP. Because <laughs> you spoke so eloquently and your, your story is so interesting. So I'm so happy we got to dig into that today. Yeah. But before we get too far, can you tell people a little bit about yourself? Where can they find you? Where can they kind of follow up on your work? Who are yeah. you? <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, Waking Oni is, is, of course, the name that's often seen on social media. Uh, but my name is Derek Fields. Um, I am uh, an artist. I have an art background in, in illustration and uh, pursued video games because I wanted to see myself represented. Um, I uh, do a lot of work in Chicago, uh, and uh, um, my family and I, we do, uh, are a part of different communities here, one of which is the Japanese Arts Foundation. And so I'm a board member of the Japanese Arts Foundation in the Video Game Art Gallery here, uh, doing work that uh, all centers on teaching back and, and kind of giving resources to would-be creators, people who are interested in creating games, creating art, creating manga, uh, all those types of things are uh, usually orbiting the type of work that I do. Oh, that is so That's cool. That's really cool. Thank you. That's Thank dope. you. It's, wow. it's fun. I, I really, uh, having a family uh, of my own has, has definitely, um, I would say, th thrown so much fuel to the fire for wanting to, uh, you know, watch other kids grow up in an, in an environment that they can have, you know, access to the same sort of uh, creative tools. Yeah, I think that's so amazing, especially because we talk a lot, a lot about representation on the show and uh, Destiny as an artist herself. Uh, again, it's just like, it's, you guys, the work right? that you're doing is so important. It's so, so cool. So again, thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you here, but thank you. can you tell us a little bit about Onsen Master before we get a little bit further? I can. Um, Onsen Master, it, the, if I were to try to, uh, I'll have to say the elevator pitch because I can't get through any of descriptions without getting <laughs> it out of my mouth first. Uh, it's a bathhouse strategy game about healing. Uh, you play as a character who has been tasked with managing a bathhouse across different locations on this fantasy island. And so it, the story that takes place is involving you as well as a companion uh, friend, yokai, uh, which is the Japanese word for spirit, essentially. Uh, you befriend this individual and together you're traveling to a story and it's really about the connection that you make with other people as well as just emotional healing and, and, and those topics most of all. Oh. It just looks nice. so much fun. It looks yeah. like so much fun. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we are going to start this episode, as we always do, with a round of random questions. Uh, and, and as always, we like to throw our guests completely under the bus by not preparing them. Uh, but I will ask Derek a question first, and then he will go ahead and ask us a couple questions back. So if I wanted to ask you something uh, that I had not prepared for, um, but I think... It would be fun to hear your answer as I preamble here long enough to give myself time to think. I'm ready for this bus. Usually, <laughs> usually we have our other co-host Darren on and he usually jumps in at this point and kind of helps me make up time. <laughs> uh, Destiny's just letting myself sink here. Yes. Uh, 
You okay. have to raise your hands up, like in in like channel, <laughs> just dra- Dragon Ball Z style. Spirit yeah. bomb, yeah. <laughs> Please send me your energy, Destiny. He's like, no, you can do it by yourself. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite yokai and why? Oh, um, mm, that's tough. There's like three of them that I really like. Uh, oh crap. Okay, Tell me so a little bit about all of them then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's one that's called a chochin chochin obake, uh, and uh, it is essentially this this red lantern. Um, uh, some of those lanterns you see um, in Japan usually have text on them like ramen or uh, um, some sort of food, usually denoting like a shop or some sort of eat uh, that you can attend to, uh, and and. So that yokai is like a personification of that. And it has a single eye and it loves licking people. Um, <laughs> there's a companion that it is often seen with, which is also a favorite of mine, um, called the Kasa Obake. So um, Chochin, I, I believe, essentially means lantern. Kasa meaning umbrella. Uh, obake just oh. meaning monster uh, in, in, a, in a roundabout way. But the Kasa Obake is this one-legged umbrella, one-eyed, one-legged umbrella hopping monster that you'll kind of see uh, paired with the Chochin. And it also likes licking people too. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like Underline. a thing that they both do together. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think, um, is there, is there one more? There's so many favorites. There was, um, there was a short period in time where they did like a, a very short, not, I can't call it short term. Each piece was short term, but it was a very long-term project drawing, uh, all of 100 different yokai. And wow. so I put them all in, in one big piece. And so I became, uh, very intimately aware of some of the different ones that, that were involved <laughs> in the picture. But uh, last is the Gasha Dokoro. Uh, Gasha Dokoro is, is kind of an onomatopoeia. It is the sound that the yokai is making because it's this large gargantuan embodiment of tons and tons of skeletons to make one large skeleton. Um, okay. This is often okay. seen in um, the Ghibli film Pompoko has an, has a, uh, an interpretation of it. And there's a famous ukiyo-e print um, called uh i can't remember the warrior's name but it's like something something in the witch specter and you'll see a large gashadokuro in the background and it's a very famous ukiyo-e art print oh my god all three of those sound so cool i'm surprised that like we haven't seen any pokemon variations of almost any of those by now yeah you know there there are some pokemon variations of of other yokai for sure um but maybe not those. Uh, maybe, maybe they maybe they tooled about. Maybe there's one that yeah. was considered, and, and maybe they thought it was too scary or something. <laughs> but there's Yokai Watch. We do have that. That is very true. That's right. It would be pretty fun to be able to catch a a red lantern that just likes to lick other people. That's a hundred percent a ghost Pokemon in the making. Oh my god, Nintendo, it, yeah, call exactly. him. Yeah, they would be friends with Haunter right away. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Destiny's like, I don't like Pokemon. Why do you guys? Do that? Yeah, it's not that I don't like Pokemon. I just don't see the point in playing a game where you continuously catch other animals like it, it's boring it's to me. it's valid it's valid i, I make the same <laughs> criticisms about monster hunter and yeah. <laughs> my relationship with monster hunter has become very divided because now as an adult i can't slay these majestic beasts for the purposes of just wanting to wear their skin yeah. it's, it's, it's diabolical something about that doesn't click anymore you're like no. I, I understand and it's fun but why somebody ripped the veil away and i was like i can't go back <laughs> All right, let's throw it over to you now. So it's now your turn to ask myself and Destiny two different questions. So I'll let mm. I'll, I'll put the ball in your court now. Do you want to start with myself or Destiny? And what would you like to ask? And remember, anything goes. Okay. Um, okay, Destiny. Mm-hmm. If there were a pair... Do you like sneakers? Yeah. If there were a pair of sneakers that you could collaborate with any theme in media, what would it be? 
Okay, so I just bought some with the Simpsons. Oh, cool. Yeah, they were really dope. And I think maybe a few years ago, uh, Vans did a collaboration with Nintendo. And I kind of wish they would bring it back because they sold out really quickly in uh, Korea. But I think if I did one, I would want to do one on, and this is not a video game, I'm sorry, but like I'm an 80s child, so I want to see Jim and the Holograms, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and like Transformers on sneakers. Like, that's what I want. Those are are great answers. Also, 80s born, those things are very near and dear. Yeah. Um, I, Transformers <laughs> took me down the pipeline of wanting to to watch Beast Wars and all of those things. Oh, my things. God. Beast I remember Beast Wars. Wars. <laughs> so good ones. Um, Matt, I'm. Uh, let me think here. I, I don't... I had one. I was like, maybe that's too easy. It feels like in the span of potentially 94 episodes, it may have already been <laughs> asked before. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I believe mm, in you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. As you think, see, Destiny, the, there's Final Fantasy characters in the background, too. You're all about Final Fantasy. <laughs> Heck yeah, what? Final Fantasy. Yeah, but... And Derek's background. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying okay. to buy time here. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got okay. it. Okay, Matt, if there was any game that you think could be rescored by George Zimmerman, the oh, uh, the composer for Inception and, and all those other very heavy-hitting movies, what was the last one? Tenet. Uh, his first Ooh. name's George, right? But yeah. I, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. What game would it be? Oh, man, that's a great question. Wait, is it George? I think that's right. I'm going to look it up. Okay, look it up. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking of the other guy. Oh, George wait. Lucas? No. The... <laughs> I think it is Zimmerman. I think you're right. Is it, is it George or is it Hans? Hans. 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 Oh. oh, wait. Let's please backtrack. Let's, yeah. Let's backtrack. Yeah. Let's, okay. Hold on. Let's rewind George's... time yeah. on that one because... <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I was like, oh wait goodness. a minute, no. no. <laughs> um, I am sorry to anybody who had to hear that name. That is a terrible person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hans Zimmerman. Hans Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Okay. I'll say it one more time. Hans Zimmerman. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would love to uh, pair Hans Zimmerman up with Kojima on whatever Kojima is doing next. Because I feel like Metal Gear and Death Stranding have such like massive cinematic qualities to them that I feel like, and especially that vibe of kind of weird, kind of dark, kind of messed up, but like very intense. I yeah. feel like Kojima and Zimmerman, Hans Zimmerman would make a fantastic pair. And I, I would love to see them kind of start from the ground up together and not kind of rescore something, but make a new score for the next big Kojima game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that would be a really cool, uh, you know, match for them. I think it would work with, I think it would be really interesting. I think I'd want them to rescore Death Stranding because there's just like that one prominent song that he used to like, it's a good song, but he Mm. uses it throughout the whole thing. And I think that would be cool to have Hans come in there and like change it up a bit. Oh yeah. That'd be great to see their version of, of that motif. I think would be pretty amazing. Yeah. I think it would be really, really interesting to have them together. Just Kojima is just so interesting in his game development. And I just, I'd love to see them kind of go down that weird path together. Um, I, I think it'd be pretty interesting. But thank you so much. Those were two awesome questions. Yeah. I was going to say, those were two. two <laughs> that was some, really good. Yeah, legit. We've had some Sweet. questions before that Sweet. it's just like. <laughs> uh, and keeps they're usually. Going back to Darren's question about cleaning shoes. Matt cleaning yeah. shoes. Like... <laughs> to be fair, Sorry, that was on like was, episode was on. four. No, it's okay. Yeah, you, was... you rocked it. No, you did a really good job. 
All right, let's keep this train rolling on to games that matter. So for anybody who's listening for the first time, our podcast always likes to come back to mental health if and when that we can. And whenever we have a new guest on, we like to ask about a game that matters to them, a game that helped them get through a crappy patch in life or a game that they think is important and deserves to be talked about. So Derek, if I can ask, what is a game that matters to you? Mm, um, you know, in a lot of ways, I think Journey matters to me a lot. Um so my family is raised very spiritual and, um, you know, always having sort of this, uh, it, this sort of agnostic or universal connection with uh, wanting to learn about a multitude of religions and, and celebrating and reading about them. Um, and Journey does a really amazing job capturing that, that essence, the essence of, I think, what brings a lot of people towards their faith. Um, and it talks about, you know, that this journey, almost the, the story of the hero in, in some ways as well, uh, but how you had to proceed through that game and uh, reaching its its ending where the, the players are essentially going on this kind of spiritual journey, but inevitably passing and and doing that in a way where you had to have like this kind of limited communication. So it forces the player to, um, I don't know, it, it kind of... It, really, really put in place a lot of their own interpretations for the experiences that they're having with themselves mm -hmm. and the experiences or possible connections that they're having with other people. Since you only get the the, the utility of, of making that one little glyph sound to convey to other people that maybe this is the right way to go or that there's something interesting here. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that game mental means a lot to me. I've, I've played it over and over. I've even shared it with my family, who, some of which are not game players, but uh, my grandma, especially who I have, I hold a lot of these conversations with, uh, really enjoyed it to the point where she was for years trying to hunt down ways to play it without having to, she's, she told me, I don't want to buy a PlayStation 3, you know, when it initially came <laughs> out, but, but I need to play that game again. Is there a way that I can do that? Um, and so it really resonated with her as well. And, and I hope others have had an opportunity to play it. I think Journey is a phenomenal game. And I think something that it does so uniquely is the multiplayer is there if you want it. And like, there's no real way to troll or to to mess with yeah. other players. It's either you kind of pass each other by or someone stops to help you. And it's such like a uniquely beautiful experience. So uh, a question then, uh, so I've never gone back to Journey. I kind of played it once and I was like, this is my experience with it. Have you gone back to it multiple times? And do you find like the... Uh, the adventure kind of changing depending on when you play it? Or is it one of those situations where, again, you played it and kind of left it there? You know, it was uh, in, when it initially released, played it tons of times. When it was then ported, I believe it uh, found its way onto PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember that that transition, but I might have just played it on PlayStation 3 again. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, there was a point where um, a lot of the playthrough definitely orbited its initial release. And then uh, upon any news that it had sought you know, a, a re-release on any other platform, it was uh, initiative to go back and visit with it again and see um, you know, what that experience might be like, or maybe sharing that with other people. I've since shared that game with my stepson and it was really cool to watch some of the awe striking, very like cinematic moments happen and watch their interpretation of that. Um, at this time, he was six years old. He's he's 13 now. Um, and so it was cool. You know, the same awe striking moments resonated with him. And uh, it even though it wasn't the first time seeing it and I fully by this point expected certain sequences to occur. Uh, it was it was still fun. It was still fun to watch and feel the soundtrack and feel the the kind of magic work its way through again. 
yeah, the really game cool. the game is very special. Thank it's you so much. It's my background on my PS3 still. Yes. Yeah, it's still my background. <laughs> yeah, I, I do I I believe I maybe I didn't. I the concept art for that game is just so good. I was trying to think if I ended up buying the the, the art book for that one, but just watching their design process and in deciding what the, the the little character that you're going to be interacting as is is a really fun journey as well. I think the same company made Sky um yeah yeah the, so have just you, recently yeah have you tried yeah. that one out i've not i've not tried it out yet oh, okay it's really pretty yeah it's i've like tried nice. flower and and journey and then i haven't tried anything else since then so <laughs> i do have to get back and visit with that game company yeah which is actually the name of the company <laughs> every time it throws me off for a second yeah. i'm like wait hold on no that's actually the name it's uh, like referencing from software you can't do it in a way that's yeah, yeah exactly yeah uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling us about your story with Journey and that because that game is just absolutely wonderful. It's so special. Uh, let's keep it going. So, Destiny, I'm going to throw to you first. What's new? Okay. What's been going on? Um, Just relaxing after E3. I know I've been playing uh, a bit of Chicory and um, Dark Deity. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching the rest of Downtown Abbey, but I needed a break. <laughs> Because they won't fire this one character and it irritates me. He's doing a really good job at being a despicable, like, dickhead. But and now I don't want him on the show anymore. That's not my choice. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, and that's just about it. Like, oh, and basically building up my portfolio because I really want to try to get into narrative design for games. So I've been talking to people in the industry who already kind of do that and they've suggested a program called twine where you kind of make narrative games i'm terrible at scripting so i've been watching youtube videos it's it's not that hard i guess because they walk you through it but doing that and coming up with a story that i think would be most interesting um to put in game form for my portfolios that's what i'm doing right now that's so dope that's amazing i i i narrative design is one of those things that i love the individuals who pursue designing narrative, it's not my strongest avenue. And I really rely on the strengths of others to, to be able to pull that through. Uh, I can't wait to, to see or hear what, what you bring out Thank of that. Thank you. Yeah. Fingers so crossed. Is Downton Abbey still driving you nuts? Are you still running out to Jackie and being like, this fucking character? Um, <laughs> Like a little bit, but like, They've like killed off people, so then I have to like pause it and I have to go and see like why that person left the show. And most of the time <laughs> most of the time they're just like, Yeah, didn't wanna resign my contract. So they just like killed them off. Wow. Yeah, that's what they do. Like they just kill people off. Or they just have them like leave the show quietly and you never know what happens to them. Um, Is this like a ho- high profile like teledrama kind of thing? Like I've never watched it, but that's what it sounds like. Cause whenever I think of like those like the young and the restless and stuff. My mom always used to watch them and every like she'd tell me about it sometimes being like, this character it's... died and this character died and this character died and this character had a baby with this person. Turns <laughs> out it's their sister and it's this whole thing. It's not like that. I think soap operas can get really silly. It's um, a period drama based in Britain. So like how they film their, their shows is a little different. It like all focuses around like the, the caste system and the workers below versus the people who live above. And it's just kind of ridiculous. Cause like, as you're watching it, you know, that that's what it was like, you know? Mm. Um, 
And like they they also drop in a little bit of stuff about like racism and things like that, which is interesting because people like to believe that like racism is only super huge in the U.S. And I'm like, no, nah, it's <laughs> it's big in other places, too. <laughs> so, um, no, I think it's a really good show for a drama, for a period drama. I think it's really good. It's not silly. Like they're I think they're on the sixth season but I think they've stopped it now, but they're about to go into, it's 1924. So they're, they mentioned something. I didn't even think about this. Like before um, World War II happened, like when Hitler was going around, like he was just known as like a gang and they were called brown shirts, like the people who followed him. Uh And it wasn't like a huge thing then. He was just kind of like this mobster kind of thing. He was going around like just killing people who didn't believe in his Um, his ideas and the thing that's really interesting is that when they're talking about it in england they're not making a big deal about it they're just like oh yeah no we've heard of hitler yeah he's causing some trouble in germany not a big deal because not too many years before that germany had just started another war you know world war one so it was just really interesting to like look at their mindsets at that time and to see like man they had no idea Hitler was about to just fuck shit up like worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So it all starts somewhere. And I, I just thought that was really interesting how it like started out with like, oh yeah, some guy named Hitler and his thugs who are like in a gang and they're just called the brown shirts. And then, you know, just a few years later, they're basically killing millions of people. Jesus. I didn't know that Downton got into that kind of stuff. Well, I'm glad you're still enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I gave it a break, though, but it's pretty good. Derek, what about you? What's been going on? I don't think you've been too busy. It's not like there's been a lot going on the last couple of weeks. <laughs> How was E3? How was Wholesome? What's, what's new? What's been going on? Can I just um, say before you start, Wholesome was yep. amazing. Yes, I was incredible. Like, oh, my God. Like, I just loved everything about it. I think I tried to wishlist like 90% of the games. I have never seen a collective like that before. And I'm sure this isn't how it was meant but I felt like those games were meant for like girl gamers like I felt like all the colors and just everything and like the idea I was like this is my shit yeah <laughs> I was yeah excited uh, so you know I have to give immense shout outs to the wholesome games organizers uh, any opportunity to be able to participate contribute to be involved with wholesome games is an amazing privilege uh, their community is lovely um uh, even uh, my introduction to them started with Twitter and, and joining their Discord and mingling with other developers who are, in, you know, in the interest of creating games that isn't contingent on, uh, you know, it, centering its gameplay on on like violence and 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 there's there's many other reasons to create uh, interactive experiences that don't have to be you know explosions and etc. Mm-hmm. Um, making a very broad generalization of that, but. Um, Watching the the growth and the people who have joined this space and the representation within this space and then uh, the the support that has been built from that uh, has contributed to s- such monumental momentum for the 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 presence that they have on social media and mm-hmm. uh, being able to create these wholesome directs and and being able to uh, support the other developers who just want to make these types of experiences. Um, so. Yes, uh, being on on screen with with uh, Jenny with Victoria was astounding. I was um, just uh, felt like 
Um, it felt like a, a, a small person among industry giants <laughs> getting to talk <laughs> talk with them. And so uh, shout outs to them. Um, and, and then, yeah, Guerrilla Collective and E3. And um, uh, I was a part of a conversation with uh, with GameSpot uh, in, uh, in Timur. Uh, out of out of there to talk about games it was it was wild it was such a roller coaster of just news and conversations and also keeping up with game announcements <laughs> so <laughs> trying um, to be a fan inside all that yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit you know it was, it was like yeah I, you know i have my game but also did you see redfall you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes redfall. So i won't go on they have so much excitement um but uh, as far as things that I've been up to, um, really, it has been a lot about uh, spending time with my family wherever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been uh, really focusing on, on the the sort of last mile of tasks that that are relating to Onsen Master and making sure that we get that out the door in a timely manner. Um, it is uh, connecting with other folks uh, as we're trying to brainstorm and tool about on what the project is that follows Onsen Master. Um, so, so many other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, it was a very busy time and it is still a busy time, uh, but it's uh, things are, things are slowly settling and, and uh, other things are on the horizon too. Nice. And I'm so I, excited for you. Oh my God. Me too. How did it feel like finally showing off Onsen Master in that capacity, right? Being able to see Justin, you know, on there playing it. And we were, we were cackling the entire time through a segment <laughs> because we're like, man, I thought they were good at this game. Like the game <laughs> looks like so much fun, but they're like struggling a little bit here. But like the game looks yeah. fantastic. How did it feel to finally, you know, show it to that capacity? Oh, it's it's exciting. There's never a there's never like a moment where that becomes desensitized and, you know, it's it's just like run of the mill or anything like that. Never. Um having watching other people play and spectate and struggle is <laughs> really, really great for me because um there's parts of the game that have become, uh, you know, as we've worked on it and tooled about with some of the mechanics, uh, routine. And so for me, working through that first stage, I can fly through it. And so uh, getting an opportunity to see other people play the game uh, always gives me the reassurance that it's still a little bit difficult, which is intended. Um, <laughs> and so I, I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy people having the aha moment and the the watching them develop their pace with uh, interacting with customers and um, mixing ingredients and things of that nature. And so uh, talking with Justin and and the rest of the folks at the Gorilla Collective was really exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm glad anybody who looks at it on Twitch, um, some of the feedback usually comes in. I love the style. It reminds me of Spirited Away. It, um, you know, I, I love the artwork and, and all of these things. And so it's very validating and I'm, I'm always appreciative. Yeah, it was funny. Destiny literally said, like, as we were watching, as they started to ask you about inspirations, she's like, this looks like Spirited Away. And then I think the next question, you were like, yeah, one of my biggest inspirations is Spirited Away. Destiny's like, I told you! Yeah, <laughs> yep. I make no hesitation at, at mentioning, you know, that it's deeply inspired by that uh, by that film. That film is very near and dear to me. I think that's usually the spiel that I say, That so I can't, that, that, that phrase always ends up coming out, but... Um, <laughs> It it is it. Uh, I I loved that. I love that movie so much, and always wonder at what the inner workings of a giant in in spirit away terms, like this labyrinthine hot spring or bathhouse, and and how it might be to work there to be Chihiro. And so, um, own semester is is one distillment of that idea. Uh, though, if resources had lent themselves unlimited, I would love to expand into 
you know, that, that, that yeah. huge environment that, that you see in the movie. I have no doubt know. that you'll get there. Yeah. There might be like an Osun too. And like. Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's to be like, okay, this time we're working with Studio Ghibli. They've actually come on board. Oh, well. <laughs> Big things that in the future. That would be dope. Big That'd things so in the future. Dope. Let me just send my email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and in the midst of all of this, you've still found some time to play some games. So on the dock, you said you've been playing some Dishonored. How's that going? It's great. I love immersive sims. Everybody, please make immersive sims. Make more of them. Um, Dishonored is uh, such a fantastic game. It was suggested to me by a friend uh, a while back, and I've been hooked on this series. And so uh, I just want to consume. I'm ready to consume anything else from Arcane. So uh, Death of the Outsider has been really, really fun to play. Do you normally take the pacifist routes or do you take the kill some or do you kill everything <laughs> i i really end up so when i when i originally started i was playing dishonored 2 and i said i'm going to s- just stealthfully kill whoever is in my way kind of thing and right. i'll avoid the other people and that got thrown out the window so fast <laughs> <laughs> I, I like if i were a if I were a ninja, like imagine me jumping off of a, a, a beam from a high point, fumbling across some sort of face and smashing it to the ground. And then somebody discovers me and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I have to kill you now. <laughs> so, you know too much. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that was that was me. A, a lot of save scrubbing and restarting levels and uh, uh, laying waste to uh, all of the opponents in the environment, uh, which and then I'd look back and go, I'm really sorry I had to do that. <laughs> um, but Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, I'm trying to, I'm trying my best to just be as stealthy as possible. Um, one of my favorite things is just getting that high rating for stealth and then nothing else really matters. Yeah, I'm the same way. I played the first one only so far and I got to, I got through most of it with the pacifist run while my roommate at the time just destroyed everything. And just the way that those <laughs> games develop and like the final level for me was clean, clear. The final level for him was disgusting rats everywhere and just like the way that those games develop around your choices i think is really cool it's amazing shout out to arcane studios for putting <laughs> yes. that together final fantasy 7 remake as well are you playing it for the first time are you going into the dlc where are you at in that game i am resuming it uh this is still my first time playthrough since its release and i took a very large break from it uh just to dabble with some other things but um Yes, uh, I just fought Hell House, and oh uh, so that was a really fun experience, um, you know, trying to figure out what spells to balance out, and uh, now I think there's some things to happen immediately after that, but I, yeah. I don't know what's coming yet, and so uh, I, I think it was the announcement of Integrate that inspired me to, to want to go back and go, okay, let's play this game, because, you know, if they release some content that's focused on Barrett or something, I'm going to have to play Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that Hell House fight took me like 40 minutes. It was such, that was such a tough fight. So tough. That dang barrier, that invincibility barrier. Right. I was like, I'm going to do my, like the first time I was like, oh, forget that barrier. I'm going to do my limit break. And it was, it gives me the notification that you did two damage. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. The game is so pretty and so much fun to play. And, and the last one you had down was Resident Evil Village. How's that going? Uh, I love it. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Resident Evil Four, which is one of my favorite Resident Evil games. Um, and so, uh, doing it in first person is scary as hell. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm making my way through. Yeah, that game is a lot of fun. I was navigating the uh, Lady Dimitrescu, uh, her her castle, and 
getting chased down by by the daughters and so uh, that was so scary yeah. how, how bad are the puzzles in that game i am notoriously bad at puzzles anybody that listens to the show knows that like i'm just not good at them if it gets too difficult i get very frustrated how bad are the puzzles in that because the game looks like a lot of fun but resident yeah. evil traditionally has quite a few of puzzles thrown in that for me i'm just sitting there i'm like <sighs> yeah you know once i yeah, once i was reminded because it's been a long time since i've interacted with an re game and once I was reminded, oh, this is locked door until you solve puzzle, um, I, I got my pace. It was, I'm, I'm very quickly running around navigating areas. There's a map nice. that um, shows you unexplored areas, which is a pretty good indication of probably where I need to go next. And so, uh, yeah, usually me playing is running and you see the map just like flashing constantly in front of the <laughs> screen because I'm like, did I take the left turn that I needed to take? Uh, and so I would say uh, the puzzles for me have been um pretty approachable though i though i admittedly okay. am playing on maybe like medium difficulty and mm -hmm. I, I know that there's a bit of a sliding scale for so for those sometimes well that's awesome i'm so glad that you've been enjoying it and i'm so glad you found some time to get some video games in and amidst yeah. all the busyness yes i'm waiting for destiny what 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 usually darren <laughs> does it just oh oh yeah matt what have you been doing <laughs> It's been like a, it's mean, been a run. Just go into it. Just go into it. <laughs> no, I wanted it was I such a, it was I wanted such a swift cut. It was yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to put you on the spot. Uh, as for myself, I've been playing a bunch as well. Uh, I have been continuing on with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That game is just so much fun. Yeah. Like it's it's so beautifully put together, and like the new characters are fantastic. And like as I was playing it, I, I got a little bit of time earlier today. That game, there's just, there's games that tell better stories. There's game that you know that do to, to do things differently. But that game is the first one I've played in quite a while. That's just so fun in every capacity. Everything about it is just you having a good time and like the way that they the guns upgrade and everything about it. That mm -hmm. game is just ah, oh, I just have so much fun playing it. Uh, and my partner would like sometimes she'll sit down and watch if I'm playing something. She's caught herself a few times now walking by and being like why are you playing this? And then she sits down and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you're asking, but you're still watching. Um, that game is just so much fun. I, I just love it so much. It, that series is so special. Um, yeah. I've also been playing Chicory. Uh, Destiny and I are, review are reviewing that. We'll have a review up later this week. Uh, I finished it and I don't want to get too far into it, but like, man, that game is so special. Again, like just the story it tells and how it deals with expectations and the, the stress that others can put on you and the stress you put on yourself, especially, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for an artist, I can imagine having even more to relate in that game, but like, it's just stunningly done. Have you seen much of that game, Derek? I have. And uh, Chicory looks really exciting. Um, I don't know much about what the, the story is presenting, but the gameplay itself uh, has me really interested. It's adorable. Destiny, I you spent some time. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. You spent some time with it as well. D what do you think so far? Um, like you said, coming from like an artist background, like I just think it was executed beautifully. Like I like the idea of like using your paintbrush to solve puzzles and like yeah. paint a blank canvas. And mm -hmm. um, I was like pleasantly surprised at how deep the story is because I thought it was just going to be kind of like this cutesy game. But like, no, it's like real talk. They're talking about like depression and like oh, wow. feeling mm -hmm. inadequate and imposter syndrome. Like it goes into depth about all of those things um, in a very... I think like without like just throwing it in your face, like it kind of builds up to it. And 
and it it does so gracefully. I don't know how else to put yeah. it, but like it's a very graceful lead up to all these things that you're dealing with. And um, I just I thought they did an incredible job. Yeah, That's I think exciting. you said that. I think you said that beautifully. Uh, yeah, it just the, our review will be up on our YouTube channel later this week, so go check it out. Uh, I don't want to get too far into it, but man, that game is just so good. Uh, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, I tried out the Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins demo, and man, that game is just not for me. It's <laughs> I, 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 I think it plays better than it looked. Uh, I, yeah. I wasn't too impressed with with the trailer that they showed off at, at the conference. Um, I still don't think it looks very good. I think graphically, it's just it's kind of muddy and it's kind of dark and and in in a way that like. It just doesn't look finished right now, which is fine. It's a beta. Hopefully they'll have time to kind of clean it up before launch. But like the combat has a lot of things I like, uh, like the way that you can switch between different jobs and different classes on the fly. So you're able yeah. to, and you're able to, you know, set equipment for each, for each job or for each class. And when you switch classes, like when, literally with the button press, everything switches with you. Uh, I got the main character quickly changed out of that just black shirt and black His pants that he had. shirt. Yeah. Basic shirt. Oh, that yeah. was so weird, right? Yeah. Like... He, they they get very Final Fantasy very very quick with the outfits and stuff. At least in the demo, I'm sure they're giving you things at a you know at a faster rate to kind of help you experience what the game will be like. Um, but again, like it's a it's a FromSoft like they're very much going for the difficulty. And while I didn't find it to be overly difficult, there gets to certain parts where you're just mobbed by enemies, and mm -hmm. it's weird because you have two people that are with you in the game, like your your partners, and. If they go down, you have to save them. But if you go down, it's game over, back to checkpoint. Like, there's no... It, it, it has some weird systems that I kind of feel like it should go both ways. At least, you know, give yourself one respawn or something before you're kind of thrown all the way back. And the checkpoint system, and again, this is very from soft. Like, it's quite extensive between checkpoints. So for me, I got to a point where, like, I think it was, like, almost 10 minutes that I'd gotten. And I was I was doing quite well. And then I died. And I was like, no, I'm done with this for now. Um <laughs> Those FromSoft games for me, uh, I really appreciate what they're doing. They're just not for me. But uh, I do intend to kind of go back to it and try to kill chaos and get to the end of, of, of the demo. Um, <laughs> but if if you're into FromSoft games and you're looking for something that has a bit of that Final Fantasy, the magic system is great. Like I said, the the weapons and the way to swap jobs is super interesting, but just not for me. But if you're into that, I think you'll enjoy it. Check out the demo, if you can, on PS5. But that is... Brings us to our main topic for the day, which is all about Mr. Waking Oni, Derek Fields. And I wanted to ask you, before we get into it too far, uh, how did Waking Oni Games and how did Onsen Master, how did that everything start? Where did that idea come from? Yeah, um, it was uh, really um, Waking Oni used to be uh, my, my name as an artist and uh, when I was primarily doing illustrations. And so... Uh, it was kind of a, an easy bridge to figuring out what sort of studio name I wanted to lead into. Um, and with Onsen Messer, that began as uh, kind of a, um, I don't want to, I was, I'm trying to avoid the bar and a napkin phrase, but it, it like almost just short of that was kind of the, was kind of the <laughs> thought. Um, but, or napkin and a bar. I said, did I say bar and a napkin? Yeah, um, it's okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad there I passed that one. Like, yeah. Yeah, time, time just like folds in on itself. <laughs> becomes a nice little napkin. Um, anyways, it uh, it really was, uh, you know, engaging with Spirited Away or, or maybe conversing about it and thinking about uh, what type of interaction that could look like in a game and managing a bathhouse. Um, 
I was very lucky to go visit various onsen in Japan. So we specifically went to Kinosaki Onsen, which is a nice, this really beautiful onsen town, essentially, where um, each uh, ryokan, which is kind of like a bed and breakfast, essentially, has their own uh, hot spring that you can uh, that you can stay in and, and, and take a dip. And so a lot of those interactions gave even more inspiration about you know, maybe what sort of elements we could draw from it. Um, of course, there isn't the reality of mixing ingredients and lofting them into a bath for somebody. <laughs> but uh, it, but really the shared connection that is uh, experience with other people, whether yourself or friends or strangers, is something that's very real there. And so um, taking that back home was, uh, you know, something that I wanted to figure out how could that be done as well as... Uh, placing, you know, black and brown characters in anime-inspired narratives. And so that was a really big thing. Um, I'm really thankful that I was at a period in my life where my roommate at the time was also working on a, a separate game and had uh, a, a one or two contacts who were interested in helping to create a prototype for Unsmaster. And so it started with just three of us, um, me doing all of the artwork, um, my close friend and roommate at the time helping with design and uh, another friend of ours uh, doing all of the programming. And so the three of us had tooled about on that first stage for own semester for forever, uh, you know, between part-time jobs, life changes, and, and, and many other things. And so uh, before own semester, it was a lot of years spent before own semester reached its sort of debut on Kickstarter, where we looked for a kind of like a modest amount of funding to help us wrap up the prototype and um, seek a publisher relationship. And so we were, we did that. We were really lucky that we were successfully funded on Kickstarter and exactly that result <clears throat> that we were looking for, uh, came to fruition. We, uh, developed a relationship, a working relationship with Whitethorn Games, and they have been the ones helping us deploy one semester to PC and console. So that's what's, uh, wrapping up this year. It's <laughs> oh, so exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think no, I'm really, oh, Matt. No, go I'm ahead. Sorry. No, no, okay, go, go. You go. Okay. You go. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say I'm really proud of you. Like, I I got so excited when we were watching Black Voices in Gaming because I had no idea that there were so many of us out there wanting the same thing. So seeing people actually get to that point is just, like, really awe-inspiring. And I just think it's great because I have, like, little nieces and nephews who like love playing games or love mm -hmm. watching anime and watching cartoons. So if they ever wanted to be in that field, they can see other, you know, brown and black people doing the things that they love. And I think that's so important when it comes to representation. So yeah, like, thank you for like getting to that point. Cause I mean, a lot of people just give up. I know it's really hard to like take a game from conception to like yeah. finished project. And you did that. And that's doing, doing, it's not done doing. yet. <laughs> not done yet, but I mean, like it will be though. But like, it will I have be. absolutely no like doubts that it's going to make it. Yeah, it, we, I, we are determined. Uh, I'm so grateful to um, have the folks that we've uh, since expanded. You know, of course, starting with three, but uh, you know, we of course sought more help to be able to bring the game together. And so, um, there are uh, as of yesterday, uh, seven of us because. Um, we just brought on another individual to help kind of spiff up the UI for on semester and, and really bring the art direction that's established kind of into that space. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, there was a point in time where I was doing the, the 3d modeling, the animation, the level design, 
the game design, there was like every hat that you could find in the hat shop. If you just go to lids and put all the hats on your head, <laughs> that was it. Um, and so I love the people who I work with, like truly love them uh, because they are amazing individuals for wanting to commit their time to this project and, uh, and see and like put a piece of themselves into that as well. Uh, that's a really big part of uh, creating games um, that creating own semester and creating games that will hopefully follow it is, you know, giving everybody involved the agency to feel as though that they're really putting a piece of themselves into something that's meaningful. Like, I don't want to be the individual who's just, and then we're making this next. Um, I, I <laughs> that's a good a, trailer voice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, 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 I voice act for my dogs and that's literally my lifestyle. And so, you know, there's, I just stare at them and I make voices all day, but um yeah, it's it's important because uh, you know another part that I hope can get redefined within. I hope that indie game developers um, can use their space to also redefine uh, you know elements uh, that are traditionally seen within corporate spaces. You know the, mm-hmm. the top down hierarchy and and that you know somebody is delegating the the idea, the tasks, and the vision for it all, and and you're you're doing somebody else's vision, right? Um, even though. Onsen Master, you know, very much started as an idea that was uh, very close to me. Uh, it was, I really hopefully can say that I've been inviting people into the idea and and asking, um, you know, hey, how how do you want to make this great as well? Um, and so, you know, with the next game, uh, I, I get to do that from the ground up, which is going to be really exciting. And I'm really looking forward to being able to, you know, build that and, and hopefully be able that that everybody involved has that same agency of building that together. Um, I, I love games. I love making games. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's no, what I, I wanna, think that's yeah. important because it's more like a family, right? And so like everybody should have some input. And I think that's the reason why I kind of like didn't want to be in the game industry anymore. I didn't want to be just a cog, you know, yeah. in a big machine. I wanted to create my own things and work with people who shared similar visions. So uh, yes, that. exactly that. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I the 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 one really cool thing to give to the generations who are consuming media now is to let them know that they don't have to necessarily sweat over a university course only to be disillusioned that you know somebody somebody may or may not champion their ideas. You know, they right. uh, so many individuals the the people. The people that we love and raise, we know we hold their ideas and we champion their ideas and we tell them that they're amazing. And it makes that moment of disillusion um, really impactful when you finally get into an industry space and you are just a cog on the wheel. Yes. And, and um, you know, the folks who are part of larger game companies who really do feel as though they're contributing to something great and that their voices and content is being seen, I am... Shout outs to those companies who are doing those things. The, the companies, mm. large and small, certainly exist. Um, to the individuals who do feel like a cog in the wheel and that they that they don't feel seen, you know, I hope um, that they can find comfort if they do choose to kind of step out in other spaces. That they know that there are seats available in indie games where you, you that is available to you and, that, and you're able to do that. Um, and I just lost where I was going to go with that. <laughs> But no. But the, the the point being that um that you know I I had that lived experience too. I went I went to university. I was gonna I was telling myself I'm gonna do video game concept art, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. Im- immediately you you graduated and th- this is me 
in like uh, 2011, 2012 or something, you know, graduating with somebody going, uh, yeah, your artwork's not good enough. Uh, and I'm like, uh, they're, they're like, it's already, it's already like, you know, yeah. two or three years behind. And I'm like, right. what? Like, I didn't know I was behind already. Yeah. So, yeah. I think one of the most impressive things that you're doing is, is you give back to the community a lot and you're, and you're doing a lot to make sure that the younger generation is being, you know, brought up in a way that they feel empowered and they feel emboldened. Um, you know, you've, you've mentioned in the Black Voices event that, you know, you've done events with, with the University of Chicago and, you know, you teach different classes to help, you know, youth kind of learn in, in, in the proper way. So something that I wanted to ask you is kind of like, what are some of the biggest things that someone who is young and who might be a person of color who's trying to get into the industry or, or trying to learn how to how to do that? What are some words that you can tell them to kind of help them, you know, start that path if, if there's something stopping them? Yeah, um, you know, there's, of course, the, the first thing that you do want to observe is, um, you know, being from a marginalized background may also mean that uh, there's a disproportionate access to resources. And so um, to that black or brown individual who loves video games and, you know, whether they're playing on current gen or previous gen and still having amazing experiences, um, you know, the pipeline to getting those resources can sometimes be daunting and, and expensive. Uh, you know, yes, Unity is free, but the resource being able to build on Unity, the computer, uh, you know, can be um, pretty lofty. I would say to that person that there are many ways to create experiences and that there's many ways to create games. Um, maybe if you see yourself being a designer, maybe it's starting with tabletop and creating card games and, and tabletop games or RPGs and, um, you know, doling out the mechanics that you really dream of in a 3D space on paper. Because if I always say as a, a, a tenant to young individuals who are pursuing of games, if you can design it on paper, it will work in code in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, that's that's when we're working on that game design document, we have to stretch everything out and articulate everything that we can. And so if it can work in the the paper doll test, which is, um, you know, an, an, an element that is very convenient for, for game design, um, seeing how things, how certain mechanics can work without having to, um, you know, delegate a lot of resources to, to plugging it away in Unity, even though nowadays you can pretty much just prototype, you know, right away in, mm -hmm. in Unity. But um, that, that resource is available to, to kids, you know, you can make board games, you can make trading card games, and you can still develop and kind of fine tune the the ideas that are within you. And um, as life takes you hopefully closer towards gaining access to the resources necessary to realize those in a 3D space, that you already have all this knowledge and, and um, systems and mechanics like built out and you're ready to go. And now you just have to string it together with the tools that are in front of you. Um, if that's finding a programmer to, to help or using um, visual-based scripting to, you know, if you don't know programming yourself or can't gain access to a programmer. Uh, I would say in summation that there is, there is always a way. You just have to um, really, really want it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's so well said because there are so many ways to start and something, you know, one of my idols in the industry is Greg Miller. And, and he always kind of says, just start, you know, in whatever way you yeah. can just start. And it's something that we've talked about a lot and that struggle can be very, very real, but it's, I, I think a lot of people don't know where to start and how to, and how to look and how to find these resources. Yeah. So hearing you say mm -hmm. that, even just starting off with something like, you know, tabletop or card games is it's yeah. fantastic. And, you know, I, I hope more people try their best to kind of go in the direction that they want to go and not just, 
A, B, C, D, this is your life path and that's all it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it is that it is just start, you know, it, it's easier uh, because the say when it comes to drawing, uh, I, I, I used to draw every day of my life when when I was a kid growing up and I really imagined myself becoming, you know, a comic book artist. And, you know, then I think as media evolved, the, the vision of realizing art in a digital form started to evolve too. But, um, you know, pencil and paper was, a, is, is a resource that's just around and, and it's easy for a parent to go, you can start right now. Um, it might be harder for a parent to articulate, how do I, how do I in, invigor this passion that is within my kid? Who wants to create games? How do I give them the resources that are accessible? And so, um, yeah, even to those who are kids, to those who are parents, um, the, the the dissertation of of ways to get involved that that just happened a moment ago. I'd, I'd say give those to your children. Can I add something? I just wanted to add that, like, I also think that, like, we should teach kids to network and not look at, especially in college, not look at the person sitting beside you as competition like reach across and mm -hmm. I mean I think that's so important because that's how like I got my start in the indie game industry is because I knew Justin I went to college with him and a bunch of those dudes so yeah. I think it's really important because I know that like especially going to school they're like you know this guy you have to do this or like he could be the next whatever but what's important is that like not everybody wants to work for a big company so find those people um become friends with those people network because you just never know in the future like what's going to happen yes. and i think that's mm -hmm. really really important because i think we teach and especially in america we teach kids to work for companies uh not to work for themselves so mm -hmm. much and i think that's important so um, I'm really glad that a lot of indie game companies are popping up and that they're not afraid of the competition that AAA companies are like throwing out there because we all need to have a place to say something and see our vision and not just work on somebody else's vision. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's such a good one. Yeah. That's so perfect said. Perfectly said. I, both of you, perfectly said. Uh, <laughs> to, to kind of jump back to Onsen Master for a second, and it's something that I was curious about because... I think seeing that game, the humanity of it comes across very quickly. Uh, it was something that I noticed that even like, you know, when you have somebody new come into the onsen, you go over and you take them by the hand and lead them to a bath, right? It's not yeah. like a, you go here, you go here, right? Like it's just the way that the characters move and the animate and just, again, this the simple act of hand holding and showing them the way I think is, is such a, a beautiful thing. So what are some of your biggest hopes uh, for people to kind of take away from Onsen Master? Like, what, what do you want people to get out of the experience? Um, you know, I want most of all, uh, so I, I would say kind of speaking on an inspiration for Onsen Master and, and kind of the vision for other experiences out of Waking Oni, I look to films, there are film studios like Pixar that um, have created stories that are approachable by children, but palatable for adults and allow everybody in the movie theater to engage with pieces of that experience. When it comes to Ons Master and, and everything else um, centering on that and beyond, I want that same thing to happen on the couch for um, young kids to feel really, really a part of the experience and feel as though that they're contributing to the, the, the betterment of this bathhouse, whether they're successfully doing it or not. Um, but also the story to be palatable or approachable by them, but, but consumable by the, by the parents or siblings, older siblings in the room as well. 
um, family is is monumental for me. And so to bring everybody together in one space, and, and when I say family, I mean, uh, you know, that can take any form. That's that's siblings, that's parents, that's extremely close friends. And, and, and throughout that, that's all family to me. Um, bringing everybody together on the couch to be able to share that experience is, is what I want most of all. Um, we, we have games, <clears throat> games now have reached, you know, a, a very big like networking point and, uh, you know, it's cross play and it's, um, you know, playing multiplayer online. And I think that that's wonderful. I think the evolutions within, uh, being able to play across time zones with other people is so, so something else that's very much needed, but, you know, I hope it doesn't, um, it pivot too far from individuals who still want the experiences um, in the same room together. And so uh, that's what I hope I can give with, with Onsen. Nice. I love that. I like, we, we love co- couch co-op here and it's, yeah, it's something that we <laughs> gravitate to a lot. So just being able to share that in the same room, I, I think is so, so wonderful. Uh, Destiny, I'm going to ask one last question before mm-hmm. we jump into news and I'm going to completely derail the conversation. So is there anything else you want to <laughs> ask before I ask my, my the question that's been burning inside me for the last fifty six minutes. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now and now we're off to the races, everyone. Uh, while you were talking and about your inspirations, you talked about how much Persona means to you. Oh my god! And that god. is <laughs> my favorite game series of all time. So I just wanted to know, um, you know, which Persona is your favorite, and and kind of what are you hoping to kind of take away from, from those experiences? Because I, I can't not ask. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, this one's hard. I like a lot. So there was a point in time where I was like collecting all the Shimigami persona games on PlayStation two. And I love persona four for a lot of reasons, but I think persona five as well has really connected with me in a lot of great ways. I, I just love uh, a lot of, what Atlas has done in taking um, it, core mechanics that are expectant. You know, you you know that with an Atlas title, you are going to get um, uh, the the companionship, uh, not only with with the characters that you meet, but with the 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 characters and, and spirits that you recruit to your team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always going to be uh, you know the kind of the the same spread of those those spirits, um, the, the Jacks and, and all the yeah, iterations yeah. And, and things of those. And so, um, yeah, probably persona five, uh, has been, has been a big one for me, but I still love persona four. I love it for a lot of reasons. I love the stylization. I love the PlayStation two aesthetic. Um, and the, the efficiently, you know, like very PlayStation two optimization, mm-hmm. you know, for making 3d models and, and having limited resources. There's, um, something about that art direction and its limitations that always appeal to me. I completely understand. Persona 4 Golden is, is my favorite game of all time. Um, so when, on the event when you were talking, I kind of squealed to myself for a little bit and Destiny <laughs> and Darren both kind of looked at me and they were like, Because he brings oh, it up, like at any chance, like all the time. Uh, but in, in actuality, my, my real last question before we head into news Wait, awesome that wasn't your real <laughs> no, I was, last question? I was joking. I, of course, of course, I'm not going to make Persona the last question. Uh, I don't know. So Onsen Master is on the way later this year. And, you know, as you're kind of getting closer to develop, uh, to you know, to the finish line, what are kind of some of, you know, your feelings now as you're kind of getting closer to the, to the end point for launch, right? What are you feeling? What are you kind of hoping for once the game comes out? Where do you see yourselves going next? And not spoiling anything, but, you know, just kind of yeah. your feelings. 
Yeah, I'm going to try to navigate that answer without becoming too emotional because on semester has been, uh, you know, such a project where uh, I mentioned the people who have been involved have gone through so many different shifts in their lifestyle. Um, I, I, you know, went from roommates to um, I'm now married and I have a stepson and we're expecting a little one this year. And Congratulations! Like this, like, <laughs> That's <laughs> so <you>. exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, you know, I'm not the only one who's gone through uh, you know, uh, transitions and changes in life, but for sure. Um, I think the, that journey, um, really kind of turns the page to a very large chapter in that book. And I think it will not really feel like a weight lifted, but I don't know, like the victory fanfare is just going to go off for 24 hours straight and, <laughs> and watch the experience bar just, you know, fly up, up over and yeah. over again. Um, I am excited. I'm, fearful i'm um you know anxious um it i i'm also really really looking forward to taking the learned experiences that we've had in developing onsen and applying that to the game that we want to pursue next and taking the core values of the studio that have also developed over uh onsen master's lifeline or lifetime and um really making an indication that we um are applying those experiences into the next game. You know, I, I've talked about wanting to uh, wanting to give back and wanting to inspire the next generation. And I think um, with the next title, I feel really confident about uh, really being able to make sure I deliver on those words and and kind of identify a couple of things that um, I hope uh, people have a good takeaway from. I think what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. We're already huge fans of you and and everything that you're doing, the work that you're putting you. into the next generation and Onsen Master. And I have no doubt in my mind that you got, you're just going to get bigger and bigger and onto more important and more uh, <laughs> wonderfully life changing things. So congratulations, you're almost there. And uh, almost we're, there. Thank you. We're 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 always in your corner. So. Yeah, Keep definitely. it up, man. It's incredible. I, it's I incredible. definitely think you should tag Jubilee when you finish your game. I know you were joking, <laughs> I, but I think you should. Yeah, slightly Twitter me probably will. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I shoot my shot every now and then. And so I probably If you don't will. do it, I'm going to do it for you. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to try, you know. Well, like I said, all the best going forward. Uh, and we're, we can't wait. We can't wait to get our hands on it when, you know, when the time comes. So thank you again. And let's let's jump on into some news. Uh, the first news story that we're going to be talk, talking about is Cyberpunk is back on PlayStation. I will be reading from Eurogamer's article written by Tom Phillips. Tom writes, the PlayStation 4 version of Cyberpunk is back on the PlayStation Store, but Sony still recommends you do not buy it to play it on a base <laughs> PS4 console. In a message posted to PlayStation's Twitter this morning, Sony said that work on the version of the game would continue throughout the year and that playing on PS4 Pro or PS5 consoles is recommended. So it's it's back. Famously, as anyone you know who may have been uh, paying attention to Cyberpunk when it came out, it had it came out in a very broken and buggy state. There was a lot of uh, you know corporate overlords that got into the development of the game and shoved it out the door before it was ready. Developers were screaming that, you know, they needed more time. They were ignored. The game ended up being pulled from the PlayStation store, which has almost never happened before. And now six months later, it is finally back. Uh, and again, PlayStation still warning you don't play it on base PS4. It's not going to run very well. Uh, I think that it's, you know, I'm glad that the game is back. Cause I really do think there's a good game 
in there that just caught a lot of flack from a lot of people who just wanted to make a lot of money very quickly. Um, and I, I think there's something really good in there. Derek, do you have much experience with cyberpunk? Are you, is this something that you're excited about? No feelings? Where, where are you at on this one? In some ways, there's <clears throat> there's uh, the cyberpunk genre is one that I've been personally interested in, but uh, sort of like uh, from the sideline point of view, I've been consuming uh, cyberpunk media in different forms, movies, film, and book uh, for the reason of um, wanting to explore a conversation that um, specifically identifies um, the representations of like uh, Asian, like Asian um, culture within within those games, because there's a lot of um, indication of of like Asian culture, Asian culture, like Japanese, Korean, Chinese mm-hmm. companies and and things. And there's a conversation to be had there. Um, I would encourage I'll keep it succinct and encourage people to read the book Techno Orient Techno Orientalism, and it talks about uh, these elements of of Asian culture being identified in movies like Blade Runner and so on, and and the conversations to be had about that. Um, so Cyberpunk, when it came out, I was like, ooh, this might be a really good one to um, to talk about that and explore that with. And um, uh, once again, Japanese culture is very present in this one uh, mm-hmm. with uh, characters like the the I think samurai gang or or you you play as a samurai that's the as the player correct yeah they kind of they give you the nickname nickname samurai but it's not really tied to anything the antagonists in the game are like a i think they're japanese and like they're they're portrayed in a a little bit of a stereotypical manner so i mean like there's definitely conversations to be had around the way that that game was put together but Totally. Yeah. And, and yeah, don't in, in no intention to derail too hard to kind of bring it back. It has yeah. had my interest in in cyberpunk. Um, I I've I've always watched the the kind of projects that CD Projekt Red has put out. Um, and this one's massive. Uh, it's unfortunate that it had received the kind of treatment on console uh, mm-hmm. because it looks like a game that has that was intended to be marveled at. And uh, in a way of all of its rich details, it's very, very dense environments and being able to do an array of things like jumping in your car and, and I don't know, punching the person that's <laughs> walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> I, I don't encourage that. I don't endorse that. But um, the option's available. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the release on console uh, has definitely kind of colored an experience for a lot of its user base. And so um, I just hope it gets its smooth sales. Yeah, I hope so. Destiny, as, as someone who was a big fan of The Witcher 3, and you were interested in cyberpunk, but then as everything started happening, you know, you kind of said, I'm going to take my time with this one. Does this news make you any more willing to go back and play the game yet? Or are you still waiting for things to get better? Where, where are you kind of at with cyberpunk? I never buy things when they first come out anyways. Mm-hmm. So like, I never lost interest in it. I still want to do it. I still like the idea of like, I, I love creating characters. So I really like all of the different aspects that come with that. I, I'm definitely going to play the game at some point, but mm-hmm. probably when it's not like the talk of the town anymore, like yeah. at my own pace, that's probably when I'm going to play it. And then I'll want to talk about it. And you guys will be like, it's been like five years. <laughs> uh, when you're ready. D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next piece of news comes from IGN written by Wesley LeBlanc. Wesley writes, the Nintendo Switch firmware saga seems to finally have been resolved. The Nintendo Switch firmware saga has seemingly come to an end as players are reporting that Nintendo has fixed the 2123-1502 error code. 
This error code appeared with a 12.0.3 update that hit Switch consoles earlier this month, and it prevented players from downloading games and updates for games, among other things. Until now, there was no fix, but it seems that the latest firmware has finally fixed it. So over the course of the last week or two, uh, a large percentage of Switch players were locked out from a lot of their content. They weren't able to update anything. They weren't able to download anything. So I just wanted to kind of put this on everyone's radar that if, if you were experiencing that issue, make sure you check your software, make sure you update it mm-hmm. immediately to be able to play your games properly again uh, because they seemingly broke it and then managed to fix it. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there so that everybody's aware that there is a fix now fret not make sure you download it and you know hopefully your switches are are back to functioning properly uh, i really you, need to play mine i haven't played mine in so long my I was, crossing characters mm. are going to be like we thought you died <laughs> <laughs> are, are you a big uh switch guy derek do you do you like your switch or do you have one i i have i love my switch it uh feels like the rightful home for all of my indie games and so i usually yes. make it the go-to spot for for playing games on there um, the error code was not a lived experience for me personally, uh, but I once I heard about it, I was like, oh, wow, I really hope <laughs> that, that that would really suck, you know, to go through E3 and, and if there are any games that are announced, um, you know, during that time period and then be faced with not being able to download or update. Um, very troublesome times for that. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can only imagine being a developer who's putting out their game during that time and Nintendo just says, no, nah, you know what? You can't let anybody download it. Sorry. Doesn't work. I'm sorry. No, that's it. It's not the game's problem. It's ours, but you just have to deal with it. Um, yeah. But things seem to be working now. Uh, uh, make sure your software is updated to get around the problem. Our next story comes from Eurogamer as well, written by Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips, excuse me. Pokemon Unite launches next month on Nintendo Switch. Pokemon Unite, the upcoming free-to-play MOBA from Tencent's T-I-M-I, Timmy, Timmy Studios, launches on Nintendo Switch in July. Unite's mobile version then follows in September, the Pokemon company announced today. Cross-platform play and cross-save are planned, um, the latter of which requires using the same Nintendo account or Pokemon Trainer Club login. Uh... Derek, are you excited about this at all? Are you are you someone who likes playing MOBAs? Is this kind of Pokemon fusion doing anything for you? I, I dabble. I dabble in MOBAs. Uh, usually uh, on on the the like uh, influence of somebody else who wants to play and needs uh-huh. a fourth person <laughs> or, or something. So I always admit that I'm, I'm never good at it. Um, but seeing Pokemon uh, tackle other forms of gameplay uh, for its fans, I think is a really, really great merriment for the folks who enjoy that and have probably been fantasizing about what a Pokemon style MOBA would look like. I think, um, you know, when you have a MOBA that has a a spread of characters uh, as they typically do, uh, Pokemon already has the cast ready to go and the ability is ready to supplement it. So um, it looks fun. I hope people have fun. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm I'm a big Pokemon fan and admittedly I've never played a MOBA before in my life. The, like the genre just seems very hard to kind of break into. So this one will be my first one. I'm excited to kind of get a taste and, and see how it goes. Destiny, any plans to check this one out? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was for, it was for... told earlier that, that <laughs> Destiny, you're not a Pokemon fan. Yeah. Not yeah. for the games. I like yeah. collecting like the little like I have like some stuff from Japan. That's Pokemon and stuff yeah. like that, but yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, it's a, hopefully it's like a, a gateway for for others who maybe were kind of interested in mobas in like a tertiary way, yeah. uh, or, or, or adjacently interested, and maybe it presents mechanics that are mobile light. I think that that would be a really great way uh, to bring in its audience that are both young and older. So, um, looking, we'll, I guess we'll see. 
I, I think you're spot on there. And like, like I just said, it will be my first MOBA. So I something like Dota or League of Legends has always looked very interesting. And I have a lot of friends who really enjoy it. Uh, so And Pokemon is really good at, doing, at being that kind of first person's experience into a mm-hmm. new genre. Mm-hmm. Like they're quite good with kind of easing you in. Uh, so I, I hope you're right. I hope it is accessible and I hope it is something that people are going to enjoy. It will yeah. be out next month on the Switch. Uh, one of our last stories before we wrap up, EA will reportedly reveal a fan favorite series revival at EA Play Live in July. This is coming from IGN, written by Joe Scrubbles. EA will reportedly announce the revival of a fan favorite series at the upcoming EA Play Live event. Games beat Jeff Grubb first teased that EA Motive was, was, work, was working on an established IP, which Eurogamer has now corroborated. In a subsequent stream, Grubb said that the game would be revealed on July 22nd at EA Play Live. He went on to say, we're going to see it if we're not dead first. So there's a lot of speculation hey. now that Dead Space is coming back. Personally, I have, I've never played any of the Dead Space games. I, I understand that a lot of people are very, very excited about this. Um, Destiny, are you a Dead Space fan at all? Are you are you excited about a potential Didn't they revive? have like an animated cartoon? Mm-hmm. Okay, I saw that and that messed me up. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's a cartoon. It's not going to be creepy. It was scary. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not <laughs> playing any of those games. Yep, yep. What about yourself, That's, Derek? Are you a Dead Space uh, fan? I am. I love Dead Space. And uh, the first one, especially Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2, I love a lot. I didn't play as much of 3, but that first one is, um, it just really brings in space horror, like cosmic horror in a really cool way. Yeah. And the the, <laughs> the, the very, <laughs> the trembled, yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, but it does, yeah. Films like Event Horizon, yes. or I think uh, oh. Pandorum is another one that both of these uh, live in my head rent free uh, when when thinking of, <laughs> of Dead Space. Um, and that's what that's what that felt like. It felt like I was, you know, maybe a character in a larger uh, Event Horizon type of experience. And so um, I would love to see a return to Dead Space. I would love to see also a return of the the animation series. Now that we've had shows like Castlevania just thriving on Netflix, I think um, that would be a really great space. For that and so i don't know come through ea i'm ready for that did you guys see tresse sorry not not yet it's on my it's list it's so good it's so good i binged watch it it's only like six episodes but great, um. great uh so then before we jump into the next story i'd have to ask what would you want to see out of a new dead space game would you want to see a continuation of Isaac's story right that was the main character's name mm-hmm. or do you want to see them kind of go in a new direction do you want to see them uh blue point style revive the first one and just you know make it big and, oh. and beautiful kind of what would you want to see from this announcement if it's real yeah yeah good call with blue point because they've done really good jobs on um they just they did demon souls and, mm-hmm. and um a few others but um i think if we're looking at dead spaces arc it's probably time for uh some sort of spiritual successor that we are we're probably not uh visiting with isaac maybe they maybe they'll leave the the idea of isaac existence in the narrative is like a, a dangling the bait that they may make an appearance you know later or at the end of the game but i think it would be really fun to engage in that story with a new person um and take it back to the core um very tight corridor cosmic horror experience that you have within the first one uh, i think dead space 3 is the part where it kind of gets a little expansive there's more outside environments and you know now we got to make big cinematic space <laughs> things um yeah but uh, yeah, I, I would love to see it get small, get intimate. Um, maybe we've had games like Alien Isolation come out. And maybe those can have 
place and presence and inspiration in a title like this. I would love to see how they um, take other games that have seen iterations, have created their titles inspired by Dead Space and, and kind of bring it all back together. So that's what I'm hoping for. I hope you're right. I, I would love to be able to experience that game because I just I just missed the series the first time around. So I'd be curious to see what a new one would look like. And to kind of bounce off uh, the, the animation perspective, just earlier today, coming from IGN, written by, as soon as my computer starts functioning again, written by, there we go, Cat Bailey. Final Fantasy IX animated series is being co-developed by Square Enix. A Final Fantasy IX animated series is currently under development development kid screen reports it will reportedly be co-developed with square enix by french studio cyber group studios with cyber group also handling distribution licensing and merchandise how excited or not excited are you guys for a final fantasy 9 animated series i've never played nine so let's 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 go to derek first how, how does this make you excited what do you want to see from this how are you feeling I'm so excited. I didn't see that piece of news on the sheet that you gave me. This is new news for me. I'm like, <laughs> what? Um, you said Final Fantasy. I, I just, that was, my brain would have never <laughs> went there. Um, seeing, I, most of all, I, I talk so much about um, anytime there's a new iteration on a Final Fantasy series, hopefully seeing, um, you know, what is the HD version of a Final Fantasy IX? What, what does returning to that art direction look like? Um, uh, seeing it iterated in animated form, uh, I again, I have no words to express how excited I am. Um, I am sh- shocked <laughs> that those <laughs> that the that string of words, Final Fantasy Nine cartoon, um, were all together. Um, I hope I get to see Vivi and Freya. And, oh, you have and, to, really? yes, like please, part of the um, main group. Holy crap! Yeah. A story about Vivi and the Black Mages and all that stuff would be wild. And um. It, like kuja oh, yeah just that'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i added to this to the doc just a couple hours ago because it was breaking around like three or four hours before recording heck yeah um destiny it the report goes on to say that this is being kind of targeted they haven't settled on an episode count yet they haven't settled on exactly what exactly the series is going to be but they did say they're kind of targeting that you know eight to twelve age range so what would you want to see out of the series um, for, you know, that would make kids happy while also fans of Final Fantasy IX kind of making both camps happy. What would you want to see out of the show? Um, so I've always made a joke that Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII got together and had a baby, and that's how Final Fantasy IX was born because it takes <laughs> so much from both of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the game itself already lends to that age group. I don't think they need to change a lot around for it because it's not as serious as, like, eight like it's not just a love story like how eight was and it's not as twisted as seven mm-hmm. so i already think it's the perfect like that's probably why they picked it honestly because it's it's basically the perfect kind of medium of all of those things that would keep a kid interested um i think if i thought about final fantasy 9 i would compare it to like not in gameplay or anything but just like um the style of the age group it's going for kingdom hearts because okay. I always kind of got that vibe after afterwards. Um, Final, just like trivia, Final Fantasy is the only one that I played by myself completely through to the very end. And then I got really upset at the end because I got Zyndaid's Limit Break yeah. um, on the final boss. And 
that made that fight really easy. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't expect to beat it. Nobody expects to go up against a boss in Final Fantasy because they always have like multiple uh, stages and beat it the first time, especially the final one. But yeah, once Zidane got his level break, he's like, OP. So yep. <laughs> it's just like done but um no that's exciting news and the fact that it's not being produced in america kind of makes me happy too um there have been some amazing animated studio um, animation studios in france that have just been coming out with some beautiful just amazing animation so i want to yeah. see what they're going to bring to the table like i'm curious is it going to look like, are they going to try to copy an anime looking style or are they going to like give it their own flair? So, yeah, I'm just, oof, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, the article, actually, if you want to check it out after, does have some of the previous works of the studio and it does have some, um, it gives me very kind of uh, Disney Channel-esque vibes and especially for some of the 3D work. Um, it looks okay. So I'm hoping that for, you know, going into Final Fantasy, they're kind of kind of, you know, with that Square Enix money behind them, maybe they'll kind of, you know, have more time and more, you know, ability to be able to put something incredible together. But I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hope we hear more about it soon. And our very, very last story before we close out, coming from Matt T.M. Kim over at IGM, IGN, Xbox Design Lab returns, supports next-gen controller designs. The Xbox Design Lab returns, letting players customize their, customize their own Xbox Series X controllers starting today. The Xbox Design Lab program is a service Microsoft offers that lets players create a custom Xbox controller. Players, by by letting them choose different colors they like and mix and match colors for a unique Series X controller. I love this idea. I love how creative they let you get with it. I wish so badly that PlayStation had something similar as like, I'm predominantly a, a PlayStation gamer. Um, Derek, are, are you much for Xboxes? Do you, do you like what the Design Lab is doing? Kind of what are, what are your thoughts on the Design Lab? I love it. I love I love the customization all the way back to 360 space plates and, you know, uh, always having a way to, to make this experience yours. Um, yes, I've been on the Design Lab website just saving <laughs> various configurations of black and pink color com- combinations. And I'm so excited. Um, I it, it, When the news broke for that, and as well as some other games, I had to duck my head out and tell my partner, I said, I think we're probably going to have to get an Xbox now because right? yeah. I'm not just going to play it on my PC. I will, but I just I got to show it off everywhere. So right. um, I'm excited. Yeah, I think those controllers look so cool. D, have you been playing with the Design Lab as well? Yes, you saw it on uh, Twitter. I know. What, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the dream controller? The dream controller is to have a set that's all based on Sailor Moon. Oh, and all. nice. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to have one of those and then one for all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I know it's kind of ridiculous because you don't need, nobody needs that many controllers, but <laughs> I need I need that many controllers. So you, you just have to develop a narrative for like a... Uh, nine player game or yeah. how many uh, yeah, like, to go. <laughs> d- d- depends on how what arc of the sailor sailor moon that we're talking about and, and how many scouts are available but yeah it could be it could be it's nine doable, or 13 or, right yeah, yeah. it's doable yeah i see no problems or any hard work going into this whatsoever i'm sure this will be a breeze um i i think this is so cool and i really hope playstation starts doing something similar i just i just want to make cool controllers and i think this is such an awesome way for people to feel their personality and their own controller because why not let people do what they want to do and that's surprised eh? but yeah i'm just surprised because like when playstation came out you chose the most basic controller 
what was it midnight black or something yeah midnight black and cosmic red i i I, I did have to get the black one because I I was furious that PlayStation came out in white because I kept telling people, ah. I was like, don't do that. It's yeah. going to get dingy. It's going <laughs> to get dirty. <laughs> and, and, and I already looked at the back of my controller and right where your hands rest on the back, the, 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 the groove of that controller, there's like a, there was a little bit of tinge and I, was, I pointed at my partner. She can't see it. I'm like shaking it out. <laughs> see? So, I mean, I, I got to clean my controllers anyway. It's about that time. But um. <laughs> Yeah, okay, come on. The Midnight Black looks great. And I do admit the Cosmic Red does look a lot the better. The Cosmic Red in... looks dope. It yeah. looks so yeah. good. Midas tweeted out earlier today with, with the pictures of it. And I think it does look a lot better than what they showed in the trailer because I thought it looked a little too mm-hmm. shiny. And I like, you know, a more of a matte color scheme, um, you know, for myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think they look great. I'm excited. I'm excited to see more. But that... Brings us to the end of the show. Derek, I want to thank you once again for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the best in the coming months with Onsen Master. And I'm sure this is going to be a massive success with Studio Ghibli on in the next project. We're going to keep putting it out there. So so it kind of comes back to you. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on and sharing your knowledge. And yeah, Matt always says this, but one more time, can you just drop down your info so people know where to find you and find out more about your game and all of that good stuff. Absolutely. First and foremost, again, thank you for letting me be a part of your show. I've had such a blast conversing with you both and would be more than happy to kick it with you off show times at any juncture. So that would be, that would be great. Um, I please let's connect on narrative design things, Matt, let's talk about persona and and all types of stuff. Let's let's do that. Um, but you can find me uh, at Waking Oni, waking like waking up in the morning, uh, and that's across social media. If you want to uh, wish list Onsen, Onsen Master, that really helps us out. Uh, it is available on Steam to wish list. We are play testing, so you can help play test the game and check out some of the levels that uh, need feedback from players. And so those are all things that are available to do right now. Um, other than that, look forward to Own Semester releasing later this year and hopefully some other announcements about uh, what we're working on and, and what folks are up to. Woo! Actually, if, if you don't mind, uh, it's something that I've wanted to ask a developer because we've, we've said it a lot, especially going through E3, is wishlist, wishlist, wishlist. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us just mm-hmm. quickly, why does that make such an impact, especially for, you know, for an indie developer? Because we tell everybody yeah. to do it, but you know, understanding the inner workings a, lot, a little bit more, I think would be really helpful for people. Yeah, the most like succinct way that I, that I could probably say it, and uh, this has been my spaghetti of an experience raggling with Steam and, and that type of platform. But wish list is uh, similar to similar to an algorithm. Having higher numbers on a wish list increases visibility. Okay, um, and so it it puts it out there on Steam. It increases the visibility on Steam, and kind of it guarantees that the certain percentage of the people who have wish listed the game are going to convert to sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of those things are helpful to know as a developer that if you can attain a, a, a decent number, then uh, you're like, oh, cool. You know, my game is going to do fairly well when it releases. Um, so yes, it's always encouraged. Perfect. Gotta follow those algorithms. <laughs> Need them. This dang algorithm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <System>. <laughs> Everybody, please go wishlist on some massive wishlist, 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 wishlist. I'll have wishlist. all of Derek's links in the show notes, along with the link to the Steam page for Onsen Masters. So you just have to click one thing and then hit wishlist. If you don't do it, I swear to God, and it's right there, just go do it. Derek, once again, thank you so, so much. We had a blast. We hope you come back on and talk to us again in the future. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Destiny, Derek, thank you once again. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.
Wishlist on some master. Wishlist. Wishlist, wishlist, wishlist.